This is the All About 80s Music Podcast with John Mysick and Steve Ojello. Hey, this is Steve Ojello, and I'm here with John Mysick. How's it going, Steve? It's going well, John. In the 80s, mixtapes were an essential part of everyday life. Today, John and I dig deep into our bins and pull out some of our original mixtapes from the 80s. This is going to be a lot of fun, so let's not waste any time and get right into it. Before there were streaming services that allowed you to make playlists, there was the mixtape. It was a collection of songs that you put together onto a cassette from either records that you owned or ones that you borrowed from your friends or other cassette tapes that you had in your collection. And sometimes from the radio, as you might have spent up to an hour waiting for the right song to come on to tape it. So, John, as we dig in to rediscover some of our original mixtapes from the 80s, which cassette tape of yours did you pull out specifically for this episode? Steve, I reached deep into the bins for this one. I'm calling this my Indie Classics and More mixtape. Uh, you know, for the last few weeks on the pod, we've been dealing with 1980s chart pop. Uh, but I think, as I said in our initial broadcast, there was a whole subgenre of college radio and indie rock um, that never got the kind of airplay that the, that the Duran Durans or the Spandau Ballets of the day did. And uh, that's my mixtape for tonight. We're going to dive deep, some obscurities maybe the listeners haven't heard of before, and some much beloved tracks that they probably know of as well. Awesome. Let's get right to it. What do you got? All right. Track number one, Almost With You by Aussie Psych Rockers, The Church, from their 1982 album, The Blurred Crusade, their sophomore effort. Steve, this was a good five or six years before the breakthrough success of Under the Milky Way um, on the Arista album Starfish. Uh, this one is filled with the kind of psychedelic jangly pop that the church made their reputation on in the early part of the 1980s. There's some amazing 12-string Rickenbacker work on here by guitarist Marty Wilson Piper, an amazing nylon-string guitar solo from second guitarist Peter Coppice, and lead singer Steve Kilby's trademark deadpan lyrics. Uh, you listen to this to this one, and you'll have the hook of the chorus in your head for the rest of the day. I promise you. <laughs> awesome. I think number two, you have an Australian band as well. It's funny. I was, I was running down the list here. They're either Australian um, or Scottish with some American acts mixed in. I'm not quite sure what was going on in my subconscious, but... Uh, you know, I must have been in a very particular place in my life. Track number two, Streets of Your Town uh, by the Go-Betweens from their 1988 Swan Song LP, 16 Lovers Lane. Uh, Steve, the songwriters Robert Forrester and Grant McLennan were the John Lennon and Paul McCartney of the 1980s Aussie Indie, uh, making a series of gorgeous records uh, that everyone loved and nobody bought. Um, some Fleetwood Mac-level romance drama in there. Um, you know, they soldiered on through this record, called it a day. They were tired of touring. They are tired of not selling records. This band, this, this song... Um, has great sentimental meaning for me. It's kind of a blast of sunshine um, on tape. Grant McLennan was a huge influence um, on my own songwriting, and it's one of those one of the songs that, and one of those records that I keep coming back to again and again. And I just find something new in there uh, every single time I listen to it. What about you? Let's hear about your your top couple of picks. My mixtape is called Early MTV '81 to '83. And I made this tape in 1984 because the first few years of MTV, right? They played anything and everything they can get their hands on. The early days were a mix of bigger artists who latched on quickly to the short video format, like Pat Benatar, The Who, The Pretenders. 
But there were all these really cheap music videos of really good songs made from not so well-known artists. And for me, that was the exciting part. So by 1984, when I made this mixtape, MTV already was the go-to music authority and was really setting the standard for breaking new artists and songs. In 1984, it was all big 80s with Lana Ritchie, The Cars, Huey Lewis, Cindy Lauper, ZZ Top, right? And there was a British invasion with Duran Duran, Wham! and Bananarama. So the past few years really disappeared. And those songs and artists that I would be listening to and watching on MTV were never to be seen or heard from again. So I made this mixtape in 84 to remember and to listen to the songs that I love from 81 to 83. So to kick it off, Robert Palmer's Looking for Clues. Number two, Nick Lowe's Cruel to be Kind. Um, We all know Nick Lowe was responsible for writing Elvis Costello's What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding. Number three, Blotto's I Want to Be a Lifeguard, which is a very obscure one. But if you were a 10, 11, 12-year-old boy in 1981, this was just a fun, silly song. The heroes of upstate New York, those guys, Blotto. You remember? Oh, I I remember all two. I love this song. Are you kidding me? I love Blotto. I'm impressed. I have Jay Giles band at number four love stinks if you remember that song and i do all too well and the video is filled with fish heads and lots of other stinky stuff to illustrate how love stinks and number five is also a very obscure one like the blotto song phd's little susie's on the up I don't know if you remember that one. You got me beat on this one i will uh, you've stumped the band you can't even find the song on spotify but the video is out there on youtube the great thing about A lot of these English artists breaking on MTV in the early 80s is that me being a kid sitting in America, I would get a glimpse of what English culture was like and I got to see the towns. These videos were a nice snapshot of what was happening on the other side of the pond. I'll take the baton from you from here. Song number three for me, Oblivious by Aztec Camera, a Scottish band fronted by then-teen phenom Roddy Frame from their 1983 debut album Highland Hard Rain. Uh, This band was anchored by Roddy Frame's amazing acoustic guitar work. And this one's a deep cut, Steve, but I don't know if you remember. Frame got himself into a bit of stick with American heavy metal fans when he had the temerity to diss Eddie Van Halen at the height of that band's 1984 fame. In fact, came back and recorded a 10-inch single version of Jump that is well worth tracking down if you can find it. It's It's a really fun cover. Number four, Lost Weekend by Lloyd Cole and The Commotions, another Scottish band from their sophomore LP, Easy Pieces, produced by Clive Langer and Alan Wynn Stanley, who had worked with Madness and The Teardrop Explodes and Elvis Costello and The Attractions and a, and a host of uh, other bands. It was a more of a success than their first LP, Rattlesnakes, which had the great song Perfect Skin on it, which some listeners may remember. Uh, track number five, Staying in Scotland with Someone Somewhere in Summertime. Try saying that one five times as fast by Simple Minds. This has got some amazing bass guitar work on it from Derek Forbes. I think his last appearance uh, with the band. Mel Gaynor on drums. This one has some pretty fantastic keyboards on it by Mick McNeil as well. Simple Minds at this point removing from being kind of an early 80s art pop band and moving into the uh, 
big stadium sound that we came to know them for in the back half of the decade. Uh, we'll go with Happy Hour Again by the House Martins, fronted by uh, Paul Heaton, who went on to form the Beautiful South. This is a band, Steve, that was better known for its members for what they did after they left the House Martins, for what they did in it. Um, the bass player was a guy named Norman Cook, whom listeners may know as a plucky little DJ called Fat Boy Slim later on in the... Uh, early aughts and late 1990s and uh, my number seven song shout to the top by paul weller's style council with former dexy's midnight runners keyboardist uh mick talbot just an absolute gorgeous piece of soul music so i will um, bat it back onto your side of the pod for you to take up from there well my number six song comes in from men at work who could it be now and you know my six we could slice and dice this song down all we want, but what I want to say about this song very simply is that it's a perfect song. Just like I would consider Rick Springfield's Jesse Girl a perfect song, or just like U2's With or Without You is a perfect song. This is one of my personal favorites of all time. It contains one of my personal lyric mantras. I'm very tired and I'm not feeling right. <laughs> Right. We can easily switch this song down with Down Under, which was their first single that made a big splash and really solidified Colin Hay as one of the great songwriters of our generation. But really, that's apparent with all the songs on the Business As Usual album and the Cargo album. Yeah, you know, we covered Down Under in, uh, in my band, the Thompson Triplets. And it is, it is such a fun song to play. It always gets the crowd moving. There is really something about that first minute work album, Cargo to a Lesser Extent, which is kind of the lesser of the two works. But there was something about that first minute work album uh, really captured a lightning in a bottle there in 1982. If I close my eyes, I can still see the Who Can It Be Now video with the, the band members marching through hallways and banging on doors and Colin Hay looking um, very sleepless, his tank top and buzz cut great sax work by the late greg ham who i think has since passed on a fantastic band from end to end they weren't unfortunately able to to keep it together but con hay has gone on to do some uh, pretty wonderful solo songwriting um, over the last 30-ish years as well all right number seven comes in from altered images happy birthday which could easily be switched out with i could be happy Claire Grogan, still so talented and hot. Last year, she made an altered images album that I loved called Mascara Streaks. Number eight, a song from the 80s who everybody loves, The Waitresses, I Know What Boys Like, embodying that early 80s, yeah, like, whatever attitude. I think you meant whatever. Whatever, exactly. Before we move on, I would be remiss if I did not point out that The Waitresses made the best Christmas pop song single of all time. You're right. You're right about that. And you know, Christmas rapping, for God's sake, the Tracy Wormworth's bass, the best Christmas pop song single of all time. Next to Band Aids, Do They Know It's Christmas? Once I hear those two songs, Christmas is then, cool. then yeah, then it's Christmas. If I hear, and if I hear the David Bowie, Bing Crosby, Little Drummer Boy, then it is definitely, definitely full on Christmas. A trilogy of Christmas. Yes. That's right. Number nine, The Fix. Stand or fall. One thing leads to another. Could easily be switched out with the song. You remember the video? Uh, it was like it was like a plastic tube. He spent like four minutes walking through a plastic tube. <laughs> or maybe it was like an underground tunnel. You know, uh, like, one thing definitely led to another for those guys. Though, I think because they were they were touring with uh, with Tina Turner. They were playing big rooms. Uh, it, was, it was a trajectory for that band. Red skies 
also a great song. So which, would, which would have been my pick had I made this tape. And Cy Kernan, I don't think, when we talk about 80s music, I don't think we talk about him enough. You know, his contribution to the 80s is so immense. Uh, if I were to go to the, to the record cabinet behind me here in my home office, Steve, I could pull out my copy of uh, Reach the Beach, uh, bought in 1984 on vinyl. I still have it. Nice. Number 10, Adam Ant's Goody Two Shoes or Strip. Uh, two equally fantastic songs and videos. Adam was one of the early 80s artists that had a look and sound of his own. Fantastic. What do you got, Mysick? All right. So uh, I guess I'm at number eight here. We'll go to number eight. South Central Rain, I'm Sorry by R.E.M. off their second album, Reckoning, uh, released in 1984, produced by Mitch Easter and Don Dixon, two titans of the North Carolina pop scene. Um, this record was my gateway drug to... REM. I've been reading about them and hearing about them. Finally splashed out for the cassette at the local strawberries in my town in Connecticut. I still have this cassette. It looks. It actually looks like it caught out in the South Central Rain, Steve, because the cassette card inlay is warped and modeled from uh, exposure to water. I actually tried to play it and it still sounds not half bad. This band was a pillar of the early 1980s college underground radio. Um, their first LP, Murmur, anchored by Radio Free Europe, was the stuff of legend. Really dense, really southern gothic, really kind of William Faulkner um, on tape. This second album recorded after they'd been touring a lot. They only had a limited amount of time to do it before they had to go back out on the road. Uh, so they went into Reflection Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina and bashed this out. And it really does sound like a band in a room. Really energetic, really hyped up playing and very different to uh, to Murmur. And I think that's why I love it, love it all the more because it has that sponta- spontaneity to it. Um, number nine, we're going to tell me when it's over, pardon me, by the Dream Syndicate, recorded live at the Aragon Ballroom in Chicago in 1984 by WXRT-FM. I had the chance some years ago to sit down with Steve Wynn, the leader of the Dream Syndicate, uh, who has turned into a, to be a pretty good friend, to tell him that I had actually that this was my introduction to the band. They had a... Uh, a different lineup. They had a keyboard player in the lineup for this one who was playing what normally would have been the lead guitar hook. Um, wow. It was actually also, Steve, the song that I used to teach myself how to play again. I pecked this out on my, my family's spinet piano in our in our living room one summer when I was 16. Um, so it works on a lot of levels for me. It's kind of an indispensable document of 1980s indie rock, but it's also a, a real sentimental favorite for me. Number 10, Steve, is Fade to Grey by Visage. Kind of the essential document of the new romantic movement. The band was fronted by Steve Strange, who was the doorman at the Blitz, which was the new romantic club in Covent Garden in London, where all the new romantics gathered. Rusty Egan, Midjur, those two guys went on to become the backbone of Visage. Uh, Spandau Ballet gathered there as well. This song had mysterious lyrics that were just this side of pretentious. There was the new romantic makeup. It was a a great dance single and a great floor filler. Uh, really wanted to get people moving and again it was just sort of the it captured lightning in a bottle really kind of the, the essential document of the new romantic era you know and i was really glad to see this song on your list i feel it's a very important song because it literally began the new romantic era and it's a special song to me because from that new romantic sound spawned our favorite genre of music right which is new wave and the cool thing about this song is that it actually put a sound to the new romantic look that was happening in the early 80s. And once the song came out, the clubs transitioned from playing Roxy Music and Mark Bullen 
to bands like Spandau and Duran Duran and Boy George and Culture Club. And that developed into new wave and synth pop and then filled the 80s with all of those keyboard driven songs that we all know and love um, that eventually turned into pop music. So great choice. Thank you. Uh, number 11 is uh, Come Back and Stay by Paul Young from his first album, No Parlay, written by Jack Lee, first recorded in 1981 by Jack Lee. Young came out and released it in 1983, reached number four on the UK singles chart. A song that just is a sentimental favorite of mine from the, I, I came across in the summer of 1988, some years after its release. Um, you listen to that Pino Palladino bass line on there, his fretless and the snap and popping work as the bass player in the pod. Of course, I have to give it up for Pino. You know, Palladino, one of the great bass players of all time. And this is just, you know, it's just a great song. And Young, I think, Steve, never gets enough credit as a vocalist, as a vocal stylist, and as a, and as a soul singer. He just has this wonderful, mellifluous voice. And never I don't think ever really got his due among some of the other singers of the era. And this album is one of the staples of the early 80s. And Paul Young's one of our favorite artists from the 80s, right? I think we both Absolutely. agree on that. So, Steve, I'm at number 12 is Dreaming by OMD. You know, I saw these guys in 1985 opening for the Power Station in Hartford, Connecticut. You know, Michael DeBar on the microphone for the Power Station. It wasn't Robert Palmer, but I've always been grateful to be, to be in the room. But it was really worth it to see Andy McCluskey, OMD, doing his awkward dad dancing on the stage. I think he ripped his shirt off at one point. Wow. Um, and he was, and, and yes, he was even playing his bass that... Uh, left-handed Fender Jazz played right-handed and just jumping around all over everywhere. Just one of the great, I think one of the great underappreciated live acts. This is the last single by the band's original lineup. Paul Humphreys would leave not too long after, exhausted by the rigors of touring and churning out hit singles. But this is just, it's just a gorgeous song um, from and Yeah. No, it's one of their best. Yeah, it's just gorgeous. And to see the Power Station and OMD together, that's bragging rights right there. I mean, that lineup is is excellent. I wanted to see in 1986, Journey and Glass Tiger. I'm like, this is just a knockout lineup here. I have <laughs> the concert was too far for me to go, and I was too young. I had to be driven there, so it was a whole thing. But I will say this, by the way, speaking of stadium rock acts, I, I saw the Hooters opening for Loverboy. Oh, wow. In Hartford in 85. <laughs> Not a Loverboy fan. Never have been. My buddy and I actually left after the Hooters set and wow. uh, wandered the streets wow. of Hartford until it was time to go home. But he, I think we saw Mike Reno do one thing in his red leather pants. We were like, you know what? Peace out. We, just, we, just, we were done. We were and done. You would have had to wait an hour and a half to get to uh, working for the weekend. So. Yeah, I, I was not willing to wait for the weekend that long. I really wasn't. <laughs> All right, so... I'm at number 11 now, which is Missing Persons Words. Missing Persons, as you would probably agree, was a top-notch band with a number of new wave hit songs in the early 80s. Words was the song that kicked it off for them. It was in heavy rotation on MTV for the first couple of years. Dale Bozio, who is the original Lady Gaga, came out with snow cone colored hair. Remember, blue, white, and red. I do. Uh, and this provocative outfit in the video. I thought being like 11, 12 years old, I thought she was hot, but I was kind of scared at the same time of her. So um, <laughs> I always loved her voice and that signature squeak that she's famous for. Warren Cucurillo on guitar, I felt was a perfect fit in that band. 
I didn't think he was such a great fit in Duran Duran for all the years he was in Duran Duran. And I feel bad saying that because I know he was responsible for two of their big hits in the 90s. Even still, there were a lot of albums that he was on that I just... Andy was the better guitar player, and I told Andy that when I met him. He was now, perfect. Well, you, talk, you talk about your bragging rights right there. Oh, I, I met all of them at Tower Records at an in-store signing, and they were all there. Uh, by the way, I, I will say this. Missing persons were right about one thing. No one walks in L.A. Funny. No one no one walks in L.A., Ajala. I was out there for work a couple of years ago at USC. I was out for a long walk on one morning. I was the only guy. Just me out there walking because nobody, nobody walks in L.A. I have, I have something similar that happened to me. Lori and I went out for the first time together to L.A. And she was like, you know, you want to call car service for the day? Do you want to call like a taxi? I said, no, nah, no. Nah. You know, we were living in Manhattan. I'm like, let's just walk everywhere. Walk everywhere. Nobody walks. The, the 80s just came back and like slapped me in the face. And I was well, like, because the, the city, the blocks there are huge. It's 9,000 degrees out at all times. So, of course, everyone's in their car with, with air conditioning up. And yeah, and the, I would say the funny thing about missing persons is they had all this new wave street cred for a bunch of guys who played with Zappa for years, night and day. So yeah, who would think? But it, it worked somehow. It worked. Um, number sixteen, Pete Shelley's Homo Sapien. Pete Shelley from the Buzzcocks just released what I thought was a crazy, strange, but catchy song. Seventeen, Rainbow Stone Cold, kind of. Out of nowhere, right for me. Where does, where does Rainbow come from? I don't know. You know, it was just one of those videos that MTV played all the time. Joe Lynn Turner was at the mic. He was a great singer, and but it, it wasn't like Iron Maiden or anything. It was just it was sort of like a top forty rock hit. I don't know. A little different, but um, going into number eighteen here, Graham Parker's "Don't Bother with the Local Girls." I listen to you. I love this song. The video was literally shot in somebody's living room with a camera that was just above the quality of a like a home VCR camera. But a catchy tune and a video full of beautiful, different-looking girls. Just a true snapshot of the early '80s. All right, and I, I'm I'm way back here at number thirteen. So I got some catching up to you. Another song from that magical summer of uh, 1988, "The Motion of Love" by Gene Loves Jezebel. Um, a deep cut by twins Jay and Michael Astin. This might be the only one that listeners have heard of by these guys. They broke up acrimoniously in 1997. Uh, Gene no longer loves Jezebel, and there are two different touring versions of that band, which must make for awkward family Christmases. You know, this yeah, when that happens. <laughs> Like, like whether there are two versions of the English beat touring for a little while, you know, you have like these competing versions of these bands. That's rough. You don't, you don't like to see it. Number 14, Steve, one of our favorite bands here on the all about eighties music podcast. Uh, she doesn't have to shave by squeeze off their 1989 Frank LP. This to me is one of my favorite squeeze albums. It's got, is it too late on in there? It's got Dr. Jazz on there. It's got love circles on there. A really classic Chris Difford vocal. This one is an absolutely classic Chris Difford lyric written. It must be said about a woman going through her monthly cycle and the challenges that sometimes presents when you're trying to uh, preserve domestic tranquility. The man, of course, learns his lesson by the end and steps up and does the right thing. Great guitar hook. Glenn Tilbrook's voice on this is just heavenly. It's a song that works on any number of levels for me. I could see why you picked this song, being a songwriter and a poet yourself. The lyrics on the song are really beautiful. 
and it's a nicely flowing tune. And I'm embarrassed that I don't listen to the Frank album enough. I do listen to Rose I Said from that album, uh, which is a <laughs> yes. favorite squeeze song of mine. Yep. When I listen to that song, I rewind it a bunch of times and I just play it into the ground in one sitting. You really rekindled my interest in the song. I really love the beautiful sentiment behind it. And then, uh, there's a live album a couple of years later called Around and About Live, um, and they perform this one. And it's there's just the band falls in Gilson Lavis's drums, Jules Holland's keys, Keith Wilkinson's bass, and the band is just executing beautifully on the song. And you don't, you, know, you just don't want it to end. And it just ends with this lovely sort of uh, decrescendo and legate ending. And it's just, it's, it's just, it's just gorgeous. Number 15, Steve, this one could have been on last week's uh, One Hit Wonders podcast. Uh, it's Mary's Prayer by another Scottish band called Danny Wilson. Uh, this is It, it was uh, a top 10 hit in UK and Ireland. It hit the top 40 in the US, but it was really a blink and you missed it kind of song. Just a gorgeous piece of soul pop. And I don't know, this one I, I, I just have, it reminds me of my senior year of high school, I think is part of it because I was driving around listening to it at the time and just very, uh, very specific moment in time for me. And this, this crystallizes it. You know, this song still pops up every now and then. With I, I hear it in Giant, believe it or not, every, every, now, every once it's, in a while. It's still around. And you know, I, it, it's, it's one of those songs that I think everybody can agree that they like. I don't think anybody has anything bad to say about this song. It was just one of those really good, wholesome, feel-good songs that came out in the later 80s. All right, number 16, Whisper to a Scream by Icicle Works, called The Icicle Works in the UK for a long time until Arista got hold of them and decided that the The had to go. Released on their self-titled debut album, written by lead singer Ian McNabb and produced by Hugh Jones. Just a really great piece of guitar pop it's got the roto toms in the beginning it's got kind of a sweeping echoing literate vocal and a hook that will just once once it gets into you again you'll be humming it for for days on end i would say my sick like i said about down under this is just one of those perfect 80s songs and i feel like any 80s music enthusiast would agree that this was one of the best songs of the decade without a doubt Number 17, Inwards by Big Country, off their debut album, The Crossing. Steve, everyone gives In a Big Country all the love, but buried within The Crossing are some absolute gems of early 80s guitar rock. This one was one of them, just a, a tapestry of guitar work between the late lead vocalist Stuart Adamson and guitarist Bruce Watson. Um, the rhythm section of Tony Butler and Mark Brzezicki playing their hearts out on this one. And it's just, it's stirring, it's anthemic. It is very, very big country and an indication of, of the work that they would go on to do for uh, several more records after this. Though they would not bother the U.S. charts much again, but they, they had a long and lasting career. And I would say that anyone who keeps playing that big country song into the ground that's looking for a different song from the band this is a kick-ass rocking tune it really is all right so i'm going to take us out with one of the best new wave songs of all time and that's a big statement there it's iran by a flock of seagulls so this song has all the elements of a new wave hit a catchy melody great lyrics tons of synths simmons drums and a great guitar solo of all four notes, by the way, and a fun dancing vibe. This video was shot before Mike Score, the lead singer, had his famed hairstyle, which was then forever coined, the Flock of Seagulls do. 
He was wearing this red frilly shirt and weirdly a pair of pleated dress pants that your parents would make you wear as a kid going to visit family. It, it, it was a strange getup. We talked about how every artist had their flagship song and, and this one was theirs. It made way for the string of hits that would follow space age love song. The more you live, the more you love. If I had a photograph of you and something to remind me, one of the great synth pop bands from the early eighties uh, that made a memorable contribution to that decade through music and pop culture. This is one of my great misheard lyrics of all time. Everyone's got one for a long time. It was, I thought it, I, I thought the opening line was I was a lonely Islander. <laughs> it's, I walk along the Avenue, but yeah. it's one of those things where, you know, you don't have the internet. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have lyric sheets. You just kind of had to work it out on your own. And I thought you put a long time. Like, you know what? I was a lonely Islander works because it's flock of seagulls. It's beachy. It makes perfect sense in the context. Uh, we cover this song in the Thompson triplets. Another one that gets the crowd moving just all the time. And yeah, you're right. This is a, this is a classic tune that works uh, on so many levels. That's all the time we have for this week. Uh, thanks for joining us. Like, share, subscribe. Uh, we're going to leave our tracks as shareable Spotify playlists in the comments on the video. Please feel free to uh, share your favorite mixtapes as well. I'm John. And I'm Steve. And until next time, keep it cool, keep it awesome, and keep it totally rad. <laughs> <laughs>